again and welcome to episode four of STGC Dual Daddies. Actually, tonight it's Triple Daddies uh, because not only am I here, we have two other daddies with us. Uh, and you know what? Everybody on this podcast is a daddy. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, you know, everybody's a daddy. Everybody's a daddy. As always, I have my temporary co-host Amanda Farrow, uh, my my co-pilot daddy, so to speak. How are you doing tonight, Amanda? I'm really excited to be recording this because I've been looking forward to this like since we decided I was going to be your semi-permanent co-host. This is this has become some of my uh, you know we do a lot of stuff over at STGC and this has become uh, some of my uh, one of my favorite podcasts to record um, simply because I love I love talking about my kid and I love talking about video games kind of like peanut butter jelly when you smash them both together uh, you know really 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 wonder really really wonderful stuff happens. And we have a another daddy uh, on the podcast tonight, uh, Brittany, who is actually, you know, I mean, if you listen to SDGC, you know who Brittany is. She's a member of the podcast. Hello, Britt. Hello. How is everybody doing? I am doing swimmingly, as they say uh, in Britain. I think that's what they say in Britain. I'm doing swimmingly. Swimmingly. So, so I just want to mention real quick that my son, he's four years old and he sees me playing my Switch and now he's asking for a Switch. Welcome to hell. He wants a switch, and I'm like, I don't even know. Like, do you even know what to do with this? <laughs> Mash so, buttons. So here's the thing, Britt. Here's the thing. I have three switches. I've got a, I've got a dockable switch. I got two switch lights. I'll send you one of my switch lights. You can give it to him. No, don't do that. Oh no, I'm no, I'm hundred. I'm serious about it. Wow, that's incredible. You don't have to do that. Yeah, no, I know I don't have to do that, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> but so what if you did that anyway? So, how about that? So, just uh, make sure I get your address and I'll get in the mail for you tomorrow. Um, okay. I appreciate it. It's got a memory card that comes with it, too. Uh, I'll make sure it's all wiped and everything. Um, so, Britt, this is the first time that you have been on Dual Daddies. It is. You, you, you have not been on Dual Daddies before. Um, it's actually the first time that I think a lot of people know that I have um, kids. Because I have one of my own and I have two stepkids. So, my own is four. And my stepkids are 13 and 18. That is a so wild age difference. It is a wild age difference. My husband and I are nine years apart, and he had a life before me, believe it or not. So this is his life. This sounds like my I life, to believe that. honestly. Yeah. So I yeah. agree. So, yeah. So he... um. So he has two kids and I don't I don't talk about them much because I don't want they're old enough now to where I don't want to put their business out there and you know if they want to have a social media presence they can um I just don't talk about them because that's like my personal life and I don't want to get them involved in any way so I have kids y'all if you didn't know that <laughs> Spoiler alert I knew that Yeah you did I I I totally knew that mm-hmm. um so my wife is walking in the room again. Oh, she's going to get she's going to get the cat medicine. Okay. What are you going to she, do? See, that's a pet mom. See, yeah, she's a pet mom. She's it works. A pet mom. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, never mind. She's just going to sit on the floor. She's going to listen. She's going to listen to us record Aww, dual days. Good. I hope she has input. Why doesn't she join in? They want to know why you don't join in. She just got out of the shower. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's fair. So I guess you know. You know her 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 voice is still wet. I guess. Well, she, she, she has any actually... input. She's more than welcome to interrupt. Things that you. sound dirty but aren't. But but aren't but aren't dirty at all. Um, honey, if you I don't know if you heard Brittany, but if you have any input, feel free to to provide that. 
cool. That's real cool. All right. So uh, tonight, there, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while, and there's been a lot of talk recently about video games as education. Uh, and and what we can what we can learn from from gaming, you know, not just the stories that games tell, but can games actually educate you as to things that have happened in the past in the real world? And uh, this conversation has kind of has kind of come back up uh, with the reemergence of Six Days in Fallujah. Um, and you know, for for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Six Days in Fallujah is a game that was announced initially announced way back in I I want to say two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, back back when I was back when I was still active duty, um, and it was pitched as a third person survival horror experience about a, a marine being trapped in Fallujah uh, during the Second War of Fallujah. Uh, it was canceled um, because they realized, you know what, this war is happening right now. It's probably isn't a great idea. Um, and now, like what, thirteen, fourteen years later, uh, it's back. Similar premise, but it's no longer being billed as a survival horror game about the rigors of war. It's being billed as a a a tactical shooter. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a tactical squad-based shooter. Uh, that's what it is. But the rub is, is that real-life individuals who are in the Marine Corps are going to be portrayed as their as as themselves in the game, and it's going to tell stories about what they endured uh, during the Second Battle of Fallujah and. Um, to say that the that the PR coming out of the studio has so been all thoughts. over the map has been all over the map is 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 putting it mildly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the crux of what they have said is we want to educate, we want to teach people, show people what it was like to be a Marine during the Second Battle of Fallujah. And they've also mentioned uh, that they are going to show you um, parts of what happened during that battle from the perspective of, of an Iraqi civilian trying to escape. Um, which, again, kind of, you know, is what that's great, but it also clashes with what Peter Tamke has said about about his vision for the game. Um, and there has been... Uh, uh, Reb Valentine actually wrote a great article for Aviat, if you haven't read it. It was amazing. It was some of her yeah, best it was, work. And she's written it, I, some incredible pieces over the course of her career. I think it's probably. I, I think. I think this is going to be uh, an article that she that she is remembered for for a long time. It was. I it was simply. A, so. It was a wonderful piece, and and it was a, such a valuable, such a valuable perspective talking to Arab developers who, by their need to feel, by their need to you know feel that they need to you know remain anonymous. That kind of tells you all you need to know about the state of. Uh, or the the atmosphere surrounding the game, but mm-hmm. a lot of people have said, "I want to be taught." A lot, a lot of a lot of consumers, the audience, gamers in general, have said, "Well, why can't this game teach me about uh, you know, about what happened in Fallujah?" Like, you know, I want to learn. You know, I never served, and so I want I want to learn a history lesson about what happened here. And we, you know, there has been talk for years and years and years about games as a learning tool. But this is different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, I personally have struggled with how much to tell my son about what I experienced in Fallujah. Um, and, and when is appropriate to do that. Um, and so I wanted, uh, that's kind of what I want to talk about is as parents, all three of us are parents. Um, when we talk about games as a, games as, as, as a method of, of learning or as a teaching tool, 
because um, apparently this game is going to be intercut with actual scenes from a documentary they're filming about the Second Battle of Fallujah. Um, so they're really leaning into, you know, we're going to use this to educate you. Um, okay. So my question to both of you, and this is our topic for the night, is what's it's it's kind of a two-part question. One, can video games make an effective means of 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 actually providing historical context and 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 learning mechanisms and two if they can is that necessarily the best use for them All right. as parents i wanted to see what both of you thought i have so many thoughts on this but i want to hear brit's thoughts so i think creating media on any platform to serve as a kind of history lesson is always going to be um, skewed a certain way because they have to make it interesting. They have to build a story, you know, a climax and have all that stuff. So I don't think any game, movie, any like portrayal of a real life situation isn't going to give you the perspective you think you you want, right? Like it's it's not going to fulfill that that need. So in your instance, John, when you say people want to experience what it's like to be in war, one, no, you fucking don't. Like, no, you don't. No, you really and, don't. And two, if you if you want to know what this war was like, like, go read a history book. Go read an actual documentary. like, Or go watch an actual documentary. I would never... I would never, ever put my kid in front of, and this is going to date me, but Blood Rain and say, look, this is how the Nazi war was. You know, like I would (laughs) never, I would never do that. So like the only learning my son's going to get from a video game is like a leap pad tablet, right? Like not, not Overwatch, not Call of Duty, like none of that. No video game is going to have an accurate representation or um, description of what is what's what's going on in real life, especially over a war. So I just think it's reckless, and I think it could it, you know, much like all it, to go along your uh, Fallujah thing. I think all war media just kind of glamorizes it and i don't think that's really necessary i that's just my thought on it you know one of the most important excuse me one of the most important um in my opinion uh you know documentaries on on war is uh you know the history channel's world war ii Mm -hmm. uh in color um or i'm sorry Mm -hmm. uh it, it, it it's called the world at war uh, and I've I've watched it through twice. I you know I I'm a student of World War II history, um, and that if if you came up to me tomorrow and said, John, I want to know all there is to know about World War II. In what direction can you point me? Like, what is the definitive learning experience uh, regarding World War II? And I would give them my my Blu-ray set of the World at War, and I would say you need to start here and you need to finish here. This is this is the most comprehensive overview of what happened from 1939 to, to May 1945 that you will find. Um, if somebody came up to me the next day and said, John, I need to know all there is to know about the Second Battle of Fallujah and Fallujah in general, um, where would you point me? 
I would I, I would I would say, well, I can tell you where I wouldn't point you is six days in Fallujah. Um because it's a you know, I mean there are there are so many there are so many things about what happened in Fallujah that are complicated and, and nuanced and there are things that American media simply are not willing to countenance, such as portraying US forces as the villain, which in this case, many times, unfortunately, we were. Um, or more, more, more antagonist, maybe than than actual villainy, because you know, almost everybody I served with had no actual hatred in their heart. Um, but we, but we were there as an antagonistic force, which made us the antagonists in this scenario. Man, I want to kick it over to you uh, and and get your thoughts on what Britt has said. Um, uh, I, I think you both have an interesting perspective here, especially considering that both of you have kids. Uh, have have children with a a wide age gap between mm-hmm. them. Um, so so th- you know when you're teaching them things, um, you know obviously you are presenting these lessons in a different manner mm-hmm. to to essentially two sets of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so uh, Amanda, I kind of wanted to get your take on this and how you would approach that with your children. Well, I'm I'm aligned with Britt on this one when it especially when it comes to war. War had like teaching children about war. You're not going to find the information or the perspectives that you need in a video game. Now that isn't to say that you can't find excellent education in games. You can turn to games like Never Alone, and Never Alone is about um, a little girl and her Arctic fox out in Alaska, and you can learn all about the tribe that she comes from. And they do have you know this really great framing device that is otherworldly and beautiful, and it's based on an actual tale from this tribe. And it teaches you a lot about custom, and it teaches you a lot about their stories, the ways they tell their stories, and why their culture is important. You can learn history from even games like um, My Memory of Us, which is a game about the Holocaust, and the memories that a particular character has and passes on to his grandchildren. You can have those stories. You cannot have those stories while your player character wields a gun. Exactly. And, you know, I, 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 this is something I've been thinking about all week, because I've, I've wanted all week to talk about this with both of you. And I had asked myself, can we use video games as they, are, as they exist today? Um you know, as as a tool for for learning, for for teaching about a specific instance in world history, and I kept going back to the game. It's an independent o- open world game uh, called 1979. Uh, and 1979 is about the Iranian Revolution, uh, when uh, in the period from 1978 to 1979, when uh, when the Shah was oh. overthrown. 1979 and, Revolution, Black Friday. Yeah, I have had my yes. eyes on this game. Interesting. Um, and and you know and this game is about uh you know that that period right as Khomeini was taking over, um and uh, you know it, you know Iran kind of fell under a repressive autocratic government, um and what happened in Iran during that time, uh from 1979 to 1983 they called a revolutionary crisis mode, uh mm-hmm. in which the country was trying to hold itself together. Um, under this new form of government and this culture shock that the people there were experiencing, because they had gone from essentially, you know, be, having a, you know, a, as you know, a ton of freedoms to having not many at all. Um, 
And even then, and I, I thought about, I, and I thought to myself, well, yeah, that that's an effective way of of teaching people about about the Iranian Revolution. But then I realized it's not. Even though I think the game is far, far more admirable effort than Six Days in Fallujah, and I think they are obviously they are looking at two different problem sets. Um, here is the dilemma: it's that this game is still told from the perspective of an individual with bias. Um, just like Six Days in Fallujah is. Like Six Days in Fallujah is about a group of real life Marines portraying themselves in the game who I have no doubt, I, I have no doubt that most of these guys probably served with honor. You know, most most of these guys probably did not go to war with hate in their heart. That 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 was what they did. They they got deployed and they engaged in combat. But this isn't something this isn't a lesson being taught to us in a history class by a professor. These are individuals telling personalized stories about a very about something that was very specific to their experience in Fallujah just as 1979 uh revolution black friday uh tells you a story about a a specific group of persians trying to manage the chaos of of the iranian revolution Six Days in Fallujah, for as much as the developers wanted to teach you about the Second Battle of Fallujah, it can't because it's not about the Second Battle of Fallujah. It's about that group of Marines in the Second Battle of Fallujah. It's about the and people. And their, ex- their experience on the ground there is completely different. I guarantee, Even though I was in Fallujah and I was engaged in combat, my experience and what I took away from there was much different than theirs. I guarantee you. And and I I would not. To me, it it comes across as extremely arrogant, to think that you could you could you could educate individuals about the Second Battle of, of Fallujah through a video game that is portraying a very very vertical slice of what happened there. Also, really irresponsible. I would agree. I would agree. It's extremely irresponsible. Um. And and look, like I'm not. You know, this all, you know, this harkens back to, you know, the age old, you know, our video games art argument. Um, and they are like I, video games are, are, are an art form. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't go to I don't go to the Louvre and look at the Mona Lisa and expect to learn about Renaissance Italy. I look at the Mona Lisa and I think to myself that that is a piece of art. It's beautiful and it's a it's a product of its time. Um, and you know, it's, it's an important artifact. It's an important relic, but it's not going to actually teach me anything about Renaissance Italy. It's not going to teach me about Leonardo da Vinci. Um, and so with that being said about six days in Fallujah, uh, Amanda, have you, have you used video games as a, as a means to teach your children? It can be about anything. It can be about history. It can be about life. It can be about love, art politics whatever you want but have you have you have you had the opportunity to use video games in that regard to yes. educate yes absolutely i have I, a weekly stream in fact that is used to educate and my kids regularly sit in on my my civ 6 streams while we talk about the historical and cultural significance of each of the civ leaders that we are playing either against or as i was going to bring up civilization i think is a great example of how you can actually use a video game a fun video game a tactical video game to 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 actually tell stories about world history Mm -hmm. um 
you know, and uh, like I, I haven't played the Civilization games, but I know people who swear by them, who love them. Yeah, like you. Like this guy and, right here. And and honestly, it, it the thought has crossed my mind that yeah, civil like I don't think that there are many great examples in the medium as it exists right now. But civilization is definitely one of them. Yep, um, it's definitely up there for me. I've also used um the Assassin's Creed Discovery mode, the Discovery Tour. Interesting. To Interesting. let my kids wander around in Egypt and, you know, look at artifacts and ask questions about history. We look and we've looked things up together. Um, in terms of emotional teaching, we've used Spiritfarer to talk about death, to talk about spirituality. I still, and I still need to play that. That, okay, but do it when you have room and time to cry because there is a lot of crying involved in that game. <laughs> Um, but my, my youngest played that game for a while and she had a lot of questions about what going through the spirit door meant and why it was special and why it was important. And for context, Vivi is eight. So she's at that age where she has, she's very curious about life and she's very curious about what happens when life is not here anymore. So we, I, I was able to use Spiritfarer as an excellent teaching tool to teach her about death that must have been really fucking hard it was it was very difficult but i think that ultimately what it comes down to is there there needs to be room for games to provide teachable moments for parents and for caregivers and even for teachers and games can unlock worlds and possibilities and incredible moments to share but as I said, it can't do that when it's inherently violent. It's really difficult. Like, you can talk about war in Civilization VI. You can talk about the significance in terms of your tactical choices of, yes, I'm going to go to war with, I don't know, I'm going to go to war with Hammurabi again because he's kind of a bastard. You know, and he likes kicking my butt in that game. So, you know, he and I are <laughs> rivals. I'm also rivals with Japan. So, because Hojo came in and steamrolled me a couple games ago, and I'm very angry at him. Oh, I would, I, I would imagine, I would be pissed off too so at Hojo. Hojo's so mean. He's so mean. Or Hojo, yeah. Hojo's so mean. But I, I think that having games as a framework for those conversations can be really wonderful. And even if they are creating moments where you have difficult conversations, like when you're talking about death and the potential for, you know, is there an afterlife? Is there reincarnation? What is spirituality and what are religions? And all of those interesting things that curious minds just, they just need to know. It can provide an excellent foundation, but it cannot do the teaching. All it can do is set up the metaphors, set up the storytelling mechanics, set up the set up the conversations. Life is Strange 2 is another one that I tout as an excellent teaching game. When you sit down and you talk to your kids about things like, hi, you're a privileged white kid. Would you like to learn about racism today? Let's sit down and play the first chapter in Life is Strange 2 and you will have a better understanding of racism. A better understanding, not a full understanding, yeah, but definitely. a better one. It's Definitely a door, right? Like all, all this really does, it's, it's those foundations, the doors and everything like that. But we got to walk through them with our kids 
We can't just let them walk through by themselves because it's just like they have no context. They're like, I don't know what this is. And you have to be open to the idea that these are teaching moments and these are teaching lessons. If you just go steamroll through the game and you just aren't thinking about it, then of course it's it's not going to be helpful but if you like look at a moment and you say that was really beautiful how how can i how can i teach this to my child how can i you know reciprocate this moment or this feeling like how do i let them know what's the language that we're leaning into here what's the purpose Right. Right. Because if there's Mm -hmm. no if there's no context and there's no purpose and there is no learning because all it is is just, okay this this story is great. It's interesting, but it means nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't just sit down and, you know, let's say, for example, I wanted to, you know, teach my children about their Canadian roots. We live in America now. My kids are being raised in an American school system. So eventually I am going to have to teach them Canadian history. But without the context of why that's important, of why that should matter to them as, you know, little Canadian children living abroad, you know, they're not going to care. They're going to be like, oh, that's nice, mom. Thank you for speaking in French for a little while. That's it's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that um, I think for somebody like me, like I am, I will be the first one to admit that I'm not a great I'm probably not a great teacher. Right. At least not for at least not for, you know, conventional subjects. I, w- I personally would never use a game to tell to to teach something to my son about world history simply because I know that, like you said, Amanda, it's not the game that teaches you. The game is just a tool. Um, you know, it's it's up to the person playing the game. It's up to the person actually giving the lesson to provide to provide the context for why that lesson is important. Correct. Um, what I would use. I would use a game to teach. I, I I would use a game to teach my son, who's a straight white kid, about what it is to empathize with somebody else who is struggling, for example, or or to to show empathy. And I think a great example of that is Gone Home. Oh, um, yes. You know, just just I could sing Gone that Home game's is, praises for hours. Yeah. All All Gone Home is 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 walking around a house reading notes from your sister. Uh, who was going to join the army, but instead um, ran off with her girlfriend. Uh, and she tells you not to worry, right? And and Gone Home is about, that whole game is about acceptance mm-hmm. um, and, and somebody accepting themselves for who they are. Uh, and making a conscious choice to to just go with it to to be who they truly are and that's a really difficult thing for a lot of people to do it is um especially so, teenagers especially kids right. that yep you know they want to be deeply accepted by their peers and again if we want to pull on the fact that you know i've got two two older bonus kids i mean they're both very different and their experiences the world are different but they're both queer kids you know, so having those conversations about it, you know, radical acceptance and radical kindness, not just towards others, but towards yourself, there can be teachable moments in games and there can be entire teachable narratives that help us to better empathize and to better learn. And those emotional experiences are best presented as adventure games, as point and click adventure games, as narratively driven, character driven 
adventure games, in my opinion, and not even just talking about the Civ stuff, that's history. But empathetic learning comes from a place of interacting with the world as a character. You know, I don't know if you guys have played Carrion. Uh, I have. But yeah, no, I'm going to use Carrion as a means to tell my son, to teach my son what it is to be a fleshy, uh, tentacle-covered... Of course. um, uh, what else are you supposed to consuming do? monster yeah no like, like there's no you know, other game like it i'm gonna yeah, teach exactly. my children about loops using loop hero it's fine <laughs> it seems reasonable <laughs> time travel and loop hero like this is what we're learning about today children we're building a loop i mean i know for a fact that when i was potty training my son i was like son we're gonna sit down and play men's room mayhem this will teach you everything you need to know uh, <laughs> got him <laughs> I'm way too proud of that. Brittany, That's real good. I'm 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 more proud of that than I should be. Uh, <laughs> my wife doesn't even know what that is. She's just over there like, uh huh. <laughs> Brittany, um, question for you. So, just like Amanda, the age gap between uh between your kids is 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 wide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess. I, trying to i'm trying to figure out the best way to word this properly um you know there is a there is a vast gap in there's a vast gap between what a four-year-old is able to comprehend and what an 18-year-old is able to comprehend um and you know i know that i you know i know that kids in your house play games um you as a mother it's it's traditionally the parent's job to 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 teach our kids right like like it's our job to educate our kids but have you involved your 18 year old at all in actually helping to impart some of these lessons to his younger brother oh absolutely so um the oldest one is a girl and she's 18 the middle one is okay um a boy and um, gotcha he's 13 but i think you know and I'm just going to touch on this real quick before I answer your question. I think it's also important for us as parents to incorporate games or any kind of media, but video games especially, because that's that's what me and my husband do. We play video games a lot, and they'll often come around and, they, and they'll sit and watch us play. So it's really important, I think, as parents to show kids different perspectives and different... Um, viewpoints such as viewpoints of um, people of color of you know being gay being transgender like it's so important to play these games in front of your kids and be okay with it that way if they Mm. are feeling a certain way about themselves they can see you playing this game and be like if they're okay with this, maybe they'll be okay with me, right? Like, oh, I love that it, so. That's a really, really so cool perspective. Much. Yeah, so much. you have to, you have to show your kids that you care without trying to be that cool parent and like, hey, if you're gay, like, let's talk about it. You know, you can, you can absolutely just, you know, play Life is Strange yes. or you know, Life is Strange too, and be be okay with it and be okay with what's going on and give a sense of comfort to those or even use it as a teachable moment you know yeah. if they're too young and they don't understand they're like why are these two characters kissing and why not like love if they like love, each other one. exactly if they like each other they can do that you know and 
I would say that my biggest problem right now is with my four-year-old. He used to play with all sorts of toys no matter what, and now he's getting to that stage where, no, that's a boy toy and that's a girl toy. And I'm like, no, you can play with whatever you want, first off. And when we play toys, I specifically make sure that I pick a boy toy because he always gives me the one that he thinks is girly. And I always make a point to tell him, you can play with whatever toy you want, whether it's black, green, pink, red, purple, like, you can play with whatever you want. I was like, there's no such thing as boy toys or girl toys. I was like, whatever looks fun to you, whatever you want to play as, play with, like, that's what you can be. You know? Like, so... There's not. I haven't used video games like Amanda has in in the sense That's of just because like, my kids down. are older, right? So we have a little like the the even if we're not even talking about the gap between a four year old and an eighteen year old, the gap between a four year old and an eight year old is enormous. It is absolutely it's huge. enormous. So yeah. I have had that. I've been able to do that, and that's only within the last year. I've been mm-hmm. able to do that, especially with my youngest. So like, right. you'll get there. And he's, my four-year-old, he's he's starting to get to the point where he likes watching it. Like I said, he, you know, he wants a Switch. He's, he's starting to get into it. And it's, you know, it, it blew my mind last year, for instance. Um, he was starting to, he was starting to remem- remember, like, what I was playing and what I was doing. And, of course, last year around this time, Animal Crossing came out. So that's what I was doing the whole time. He loved watching me play that game i like he loved me he laughed his little butt off when i got stung by bees so every time i like he 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 would see me get near trees he'd be like watch out for the bees you know so it's just it's funny like when you're a parent and you have such a small child to like to see their brain developing and see like seeing the little stuff that they remember you know like yeah that that's what's funny like it's funny seeing like his sense of humor grow and it's funny to see like what he picks and pulls what his little brain picks and pulls from what i'm doing you know because when they're when they're so little you don't think that they are paying attention or they're have any clue what you're you're doing and then one day it's like you got stung by bees and that's really funny and you're like well that's not nice but thank you <laughs> so essentially what you're saying is is that uh when he turns five you're going to use six days in fallujah to teach him about the second oh 100 percent that's right? what i thought like, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, no, and I, a- I think that's something <laughs> i try to not do when he's around like I wouldn't play Last of Us around him. Like I wouldn't. Oh, there's no. there's certain no. games that you have to like not play around kids or show yep. kids. And I think I wrote a whole big piece about that for the ESRB. So like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> so I I just think as parents we have to be responsible for what we're playing around our kids, right? Because Absolutely. video games are art, they're entertainment, but at the same time it's like these these little brains are going and they're picking up and they're remembering stuff. And if you don't pick up on that or if you don't catch that, then yeah, they're going to take a game like 6 Days in Fallujah and think it's going to be accurate and a, a good portrayal of what's God, happening I, in the world. I just can't get over it like <laughs> Using six days in Fallujah to teach yourself about the second battle of Fallujah is like, it's like, it's like me going up to my son when he was 10 and saying, son, it's time to have the talk. So we're going to sit down and play Leisure Suit Larry. This will teach you everything you need to know. Like, like, like it's, it's the exact same level of effectiveness, which is zero. Right. Um, 
And, 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 like, media it can be good as a transition piece into talking about the subject, but just throwing something on and saying, here, this is history, that's that's not, that's just irresponsible, you know, like you know, I said you made, earlier. You made a really good point about, about you know, having the, you know, having the wherewithal to, to not play certain games around your kids. Like, that's an important mm-hmm. piece of this, right? And, yep. you know, my son is going to be a teenager in less than a month, which is... I love that all of our like 12, 13 year old children are all around the same age. I find that delightful because yeah, right, no, and it's all about Fortnite. Yeah. We don't have to worry about anything because all they care about is Fortnite, right? Yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much. It's all about yeah. Minecraft. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's one of those two. Jaden is, uh, Jaden is actually starting to fall off of Fortnite. Um, he plays a lot of Splatoon. Splatoon's uh, oh, really? good. Yeah, he plays, um, uh, he actually just finished uh, Origami King. Uh, he's he's awesome. and, that's a hard and, game. He's branching out. Good for him. And he was able to score a PlayStation Five with money that he saved for months and months and months and months himself, uh, and and was able to score a PlayStation Five. Wow, um, amazing. And, and yep, and uh, so now he's got his PlayStation Five, uh, and that taught him a value. Speaking of teaching, that taught him a valuable lesson because there were a few times he almost gave up because you know PlayStation Fives were really hard to come by. And he said, he finally got it. And he said, you know, Dad, he said, I'm so happy I saved my money. He said, because I thought about spending it on, on other things and giving up. But you know what? This really taught me a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Did yeah, it teach yeah. him about opportunity costs? Because that's the conversation I would have with my children. I'm like, children, gather around. I must I will, teach you about opportunity cost. I will sit him down and let you have that conversation. Excellent. <laughs> Deal. Let the business lady do we'll it. We'll just have I'm a in. group, a little chat. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I anytime love you want to give so that much. lesson to him, but but That's there perfect. there are certain there are certain games that I will not. I like. I just won't let him play. Like for example, he's getting older, so we're starting to branch into horror, right? Like, and I'm talking like you know Resident Evil Two remake and Resident Evil Seven stuff like that. You know, stuff that I think he can handle. There is no Grand Theft Auto in my house. Um, there is no yeah. There is no Call of Duty. Nope. Uh, there you know I. When he's older, and you know, I I said, look, but I'm not gonna look. You're good. You live with your mom. You're here, you know, every other weekend. I'm not gonna be able to stop you from doing stuff uh, when you're outside of my purview. I'm 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 worldly enough to know that that's the case. Uh, but when you're here, there are certain games you will not play. Um, uh, although I will say this, uh, he actually is in the middle of his first his first uh, Nuzlocke. Uh, uh, he's playing Pokemon Ruby on Game Boy Ooh. Advance. Um, and Good he's for a, him. He's a big Pokemon guy too. Big Pokemon guy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I think that this is a. It's weird. Until I saw people talking about, you know, I want to learn from Six Days in Fallujah. This isn't really something that I had actively considered. It's just something I did. You know, can I just, can I ask you something before yeah, we move course. on, real quick? Of just n- now, now that we're talking about, because I'm obviously uh, a step parent to kids that go back and forth. How do you like? How do you deal with that in the sense of video games? Like, I know you said that um, you don't let him play certain games at his at your house, but his mom's house could be different. Like, does he take his PlayStation Five back and forth? Like, how does that work? Sometimes he does. Uh, sometimes he doesn't. Um... It all really depends. Um, he gets, uh, you know, the rules there are a little different because he's actually in school while he's there. He's not here during the weeks. He's here during the weekends. 
Um, so, you know, there's a little more leeway here. You know, for example, like uh, I have really, you know, because he's here Friday nights and Saturday nights. Um, and so I, I've kind of eliminated bedtime because he's going to be a teenager next month. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what, man, I'd rather have you up all night, you know, playing whatever uh, in your room downstairs than you out doing something else. So I don't really care when you go to bed. And he and he's amazingly responsible for his age so he usually puts himself to bed around 11 or 11 30 because he's like oh, i need to get some sleep it's healthy to sleep and i'm like this oh. kid and oh, uh that, yeah my heart that's so cute this kid <laughs> oh let me tell you let me tell you he got a, he has his first girlfriend now oh and uh he has his first girlfriend now and is she a gamer she is oh she is uh and she had apparently had a crush on him for a long time uh they're really oh. good friends and she told him, uh, she said, so, so I, I, she said, I've got a crush on someone and I'm afraid to tell him. And he says, well, why are you afraid to tell him? And he said, and she says, well, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't have a crush on me. And he said, well, you're not going to know unless you tell him. So, so why don't you just tell him? And she says, okay, I have a crush on you. Oh, stop and, it. No, I'm serious. So, so, so get this, get this. This is a hundred percent true. My son says, well, I have a crush on you too. And she's, you know, she says, well, should, should, should you be my boyfriend? He says, he says, well, you know what? Let's get to know each other. And I was like this fucking kid, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I Proud did right. Proud daddy moment. I don't know what I did right, but yeah. this kid. That's really amazing. Maybe had like, a really interesting moment like that too. She's eight and she's like, I think I want a girlfriend. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm not really sure what that means for you at eight. Why don't you just be best friends? Do you know what the difference is between being girlfriends and being best friends? No, not really. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess you can kiss your girlfriend. I think that's the only real difference. (laughs) (laughs) Between being besties and, you know, being romantic. It's just this romantic element. How about you do the bestie bit? Leave the rest of it till you're older, right? That's a that's a really good. Uh, you know what? You could turn that into a really good slogan, uh, Amanda. Uh, be a uh, be a uh, uh, be a bestie for a bit. Leave the rest of it. Um, <laughs> that, you could you could turn that into a really really snappy slogan. That's put that on a really shirt. Good. Put T-shirt that on a shirt. Moment. You should put. You that know, on I a have shirt. a merch store. I can do this. You should absolutely. Do, you should absolutely do that. Um, but but no, I got I got way off track. Um, to that to was very... a good story though. I thought I would just share share like a Vivi moment that was very similar but extremely. No, that was no. That was yeah, I think it's interesting daughter. to see to see how other people deal with having you know the split parenting and how you establish rules and if it makes them. Like, for instance, my 18-year-old loves her Switch. Like, she had a PS4, loved loved Overwatch. That was the thing that she did. But she got so tired of going back and forth that she eventually adapted the Switch, and now that's her favorite console because she can take it back and forth. So it's just, I, I always find it interesting to hear other perspectives and see what other kids are doing and how they're handling with, you know, being separated and from their stuff right because that's 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 a big thing kids have to deal with when they are right um you know part of a divorce is their stuff is scattered everywhere and 
Well, I mean, you know, the, the rules there as far as like playing games are pretty similar to ours. You know, like you know, nothing overly violent, nothing, you know, nothing over the top. Um, uh, and so he asked me. He said, "Hey, Dad, I want to play this game called Man Eater." And I was like, "Oh, I know Man Eater." Um, and uh, and he goes, he says, "Can I play it?" I was like, "Well, let me ask you this: Do you want to be a shark with electrical powers?" And he goes, "Yes." And he said he and I was like, well, there you go. He said, no, dad, I actually want to be a shark with electrical powers. And I was like and I was like, I respect that. I was like, that's a goal, my son. That is a that is a definite goal. I respect Um, that. But you know what? I'll I'll end it on this. The most important lesson my son has learned from video games. And it was New Year's 2020. Uh, And, you know, the pandemic had not even started yet. It was, you know, and. And we had them for New Year's Eve. We were Simpler times. Simpler times. You know, you know, back when ships were made of wood and, and you know, people were made from Have steel. you heard the tale of the um, ship of Theseus? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the tale of the ship of Theseus? So um, so we, we were playing, me, my wife, and my son were playing Mario Kart downstairs. Oh, I or love not, this story. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. Not Mario Kart. Mario Party. It was Super Mario Party down in the basement. And I don't think Brittany has heard this story. I love um, this story. It's very I good. haven't. So we're playing Super Mario Party. Right. And, you know, my son at the time was 11 and uh, and he wins. Right. Like, like he, he mounts this huge comeback victory and he wins. He beats me. He beats Vicky. And he jumps up off the couch, looks at both of us and goes, boom, oh, throws, up, no. throws up those double freedom rockets, as I as I as I call them. And I God, I love that story so much. And Vicky just stares at him, and I got this look on my face. Like I'll try to recreate the look. It was just, it was like, <laughs> I wouldn't mess with that look. And yeah, scary it, it was face. Like, That's scary it, dad face. It was like, it was like, and I just like slowly stood up, <laughs> and he immediately bursts into tears, and he says, oh. "I don't know what that means." Oh, he had seen it he was uh that stupid uh that rampage with the rock was on tv and he saw somebody flick flip the bird and he did not know what it meant oh so he just he just he just connected that with victory and and he was and he was in tears he was in tears i would never disrespect you guys like that what a way to start the year off and i was like I was he, well, you know, because he was like, I, I was, I was very blunt with him. I said, "Son, that means fuck you." <laughs> and he and and he goes, he goes, "Oh no!" <laughs> and I was, I was like, "Bud, okay." And you know, and Vicky's oh, talking God. to him like, "Okay, we don't calm down. We don't." And Vicky's like, "Honey, sit down." And uh, <laughs> don't flip off our parents. Yeah, I, I can, I can be, I can be intimidating if I have to be. And um, <laughs> and and he said, you know, I was, I'm like, we were like, okay calm down let's all take a step back like we understand that you you had no idea what that meant okay but this is a valuable lesson isn't it son yes (laughs) i was like okay let us let's just let's this is a learning moment yeah i was like you want to talk about learning a lesson from video games and let's let's talk about that just because i know we're we're getting close no no it's fine learning from mistakes right like learning like when our kids mess up, when we mess up, and just being like, you know what? We're going to learn from this. We're going to move on. 
It's fine. Like, there's so many moments where I'm like, you know, I have a four-year-old. He drives me nuts. I love him, but there are just- Four-year-olds are so good at that. Yeah, you know, like, there's just so many moments where I'm like, oh my god, just, like, go to your room. (laughs) Like, I love him. Find something to do is my favorite phrase as a mother, where I'm like, listen, one, go away so I can miss you. Two, find something to do. Right, and that's what I'm like, go do something. That's what I tell him all the time. Go play, Mm -hmm. go watch TV, go do something. But, you know, there's so many moments where I realize that I'll say something. And I'm like, you know what? That came out wrong, bud. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Or he'll say something and I'm like, like, my my instinct is to be like, no, don't. Like, don't you ever say that. Don't, like, I had my first, a few weeks ago, I had my first mommy doesn't love me. Right? I had my very first one. Those are hard. And... I got upset with him, and I was very upset, and then I was like, you know what, he's four, he doesn't know what he's talking about, he just knows that I tell him that all the time, and if I'm acting mean and I'm not saying it, that's just what he's saying, he's just repeating what I'm not doing, or what he thinks I'm not doing, so, you know, I had, my first instinct was anger, and then, and then it was, okay, let's talk about this, like, let's talk about why that's hurtful, why you don't say things like that, and, you know, it's... That that's something about parenting too is it's like just you're elevating. Right. Take a shitty situation and do what you can with it. That's all mm-hmm. parenting is really like It's roll <laughs> it's like half rolling the dice. Right. And the other half is very purposeful because Absolutely. you've rolled the dice a few times before that and you're like, <laughs> I learned that didn't work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But those are those are really important moments where it's like, listen, you can you can do you can make bad choices you can make mistakes you can be angry that's a valid yeah, like that's absolutely. a valid emotion i get absolutely. it absolutely and like, just don't act a, like a little shit while you're mad what we talk about in in our house is there are no bad feelings just bad reactions right and it is all about the behavior and it's all about learning <laughs> like I talk about it in terms of a pendulum right because i have bipolar and i live with that damn pendulum it is my life you can look at the swing of the emotions in any given situation. And I talk to all the kids like this, by the way. I've been doing that since they were small. You talk about the pendulum of emotion where you can make some choices. You can choose to jump on the pendulum and, like, ride that sucker. You can choose to be knocked over by the pendulum and be passive. Or you can choose to opt out and watch the pendulum. Acknowledge the pendulum and how it is swinging. But you do not need to be bowled over by it, and you do not need to let it define your actions. You can acknowledge the emotion and just let it wash over you and move through it. And I really like, like that. It's, so, it's such an important way that I've had to live my life, and I'm passing this on to you know, my children that, that struggle with anxiety, like big anxiety, you know, and, and helping them to recognize, no, you're not bad because you have bad feelings. Oh my goodness, no. This isn't right. about your feelings. This is about your behavior. And you can you can couple that right back to video games. This isn't that actually in six days in the case of six days in Fallujah, like I have zero interest. I don't I don't think that game right. needs to exist. I don't think it's necessary. But you can look at situations where you're like, okay, well, you know, it's not that this is a bad game, this is just represented very poorly for what it's intending to do. Right. Right? And to be and to be like a claim all like 
learn about the war in this. It's just it, it doesn't work out. History is written no. by the history is written by not just the victors, by the incredibly biased humans. Right. That tell those stories. We're all biased. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's right. no way around it. It just, it is what it is. But you have to constantly examine it. We all know this. We walk this talk every day. Right. I am so glad I got you two to, 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 <laughs> to talk with me about this. This is, this is exactly, this is exactly why I needed both of you here. Um, and the I, fact that Brit and I finally got to podcast together. I know. Thank God. Is this the yeah. first time? Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. I, d- I did not know that. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Yeah. Um, so I, I do have to wrap this up uh, because my back hurts. And this computer chair hurts my back. All right, old man, old calm down. <clears throat> Sounds like anyway. somebody needs a gaming chair. Why would I do that when I've got this really, really classy leather chair here? This oh, leather I have John. Leather <laughs> I got a leather chair. It's mostly classy. I mean, it only has some racing stripes. I don't have any. I don't have any gamer uh, logos on my chair. Your chair looks like the chair that would be in like the den of like an old person's office, where they have like the big wooden like desk with the green like the office lamp. Naggy and dr- like desk. It's just obscene. I have to look. You got the little stack of books. I don't want to show you guys my, the rest of my office. There are little stacks of books everywhere. <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. Books are great. It's 100% because it's a writer's office. John's so Stop excited. glaring at me. It doesn't work. We're not, we're inoculated to this. Anybody, we have, we're moms. We get that look all the time. People who are listening to this on podcast services can't see it, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving Brittany uh, a, a, an angry glare. I don't think she's convinced by it. Mm-mm. Okay, no. fine. I failed. Uh, so, uh, Brittany and Amanda, thank you so much uh, for joining me for yet another episode of Dual Days. Congratulations to Finn, by the way. His daughter is here. Um, she's a week old. She's so stinking cute. She's a week she's old. Yeah. Adorable. Yeah. She. she Can, yeah. And let's just talk about how happy he is. Like, because nobody really is super like happy. if you don't follow Finn on social media Uh, he's trying not to bombard but he is in dm and it's just incredible he's so happy he's loving life him and saki are both doing so well so there's just a quick update for people who aren't uh keeping up with him and yeah he's doing really well they're doing fantastic they both are yep congratulations to finn and caitlin uh yeah what a man what a what a good start to the year finally finally we finally finally something good has finally something good has happened um and uh, of course uh you can find us every thursday night at 9 p.m eastern standard time on twitch.tv slash official sdgc thank you once again this has been episode four of dual daddies don't forget everybody kindness costs nothing <laughs>